Welcome to The Alignment Show, featuring conversations with folks who have taken steps to identify their highest values and align their lives around them. Time on this earth is not unlimited, and you may be seeking to make sure you spend your time on things that matter to you. These conversations will encourage you and support you in doing so. Now, let's meet this week's guest on The Alignment Show. And a good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever it might be where you are in the world. You are with The Alignment Show once again this week, and we appreciate you being here. Uh, As we get started here, I want to remind you that we have conversations with people who have considered their own values. Uh, They figured out that life is short. They want to spend your life doing things that don't matter to you. I think that's what's behind what some would call the great resignation. It's just the great realignment. And we have great conversations with guests who talk about how they have confronted that sort of thing. We have a great conversation today. I've been kind of teasing him because I say it's it's almost inevitable that this will be a good interview because our, our guest is uh, David Good, and I'll introduce him in just a moment. Uh, as we get started here, though, I want to remind you that this episode is sponsored by me, in a way. Uh, I am working on a book that's called The Way of the Three-Year-Old Why. And you can follow along with how that develops by going to donaldking.com slash 3YO. You might want to see how the sausage is made. Uh, The folks who subscribe will get early access. There'll be some uh, perks involved with being a subscriber. But I think the main thing is to just kind of see how this thing develops. It's a business fable. If you know that genre, what that uh, means is we're using fiction telling a good story in order to teach solid principles. So follow along with us, and we would be glad to have you on the journey. At this point, though, let's go ahead and bring on our guest. David Good is somebody that I've met through the Go-Giver Success Alliance. This is Bob Berg's group that is built around the Go-Giver. And uh, the, the more that I talk with David, the more I'm impressed. David was an autistic whiz kid who started his first business at age 16, but he ran into some challenges, lost his career due to injury and illness. When he did, he pivoted to use his suffering to create a volunteer organization that spans cities across the globe and has impacted over 30,000 people worldwide. It's called International Friend Connection. And we'll be talking about that a little more later. He's been awarded two medals from the President of the United States for his volunteerism. And so I'm just excited to be able to bring David Good on. Let's get David on the stage. David, welcome to the show. Hi, Don. Real grateful to be here. So thank you for coming on here. I want to just dig right into uh, uh, the, gosh, there's just so many questions that I have about how you have developed on your journey. When you say autistic whiz kid, uh, I know a little bit enough about that to know the word spectrum. You know, that means there's, there's, uh, we can talk about people who may fit that classification, so to speak. And yet everybody is unique. So, yeah, that's very true. So what was it that led you into the technical stuff that I think you were doing at 16? Well, so I uh, so basically this may, may show my age a bit, but 
So I grew up when the internet was just invented. And uh, so when the internet was just invented, I was like, oh, this is the greatest thing ever. You talk to people from all over the world, something I wanted to do my whole life. And uh, so I got started because I wanted to build a website for my local FFA organization. Uh, FFA is a agricultural leadership organization, grew up in a big dairy farm, but I didn't like farming at all. Um, I love computers, things like that. Uh, science, um, used to read the encyclopedias for fun when I was a kid, uh, kind of thing. Uh, but, um, but yeah, uh, really I, I identified with computers and uh, technology more than I identified with people because people were just so dang confusing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we can relate to that because, uh, computers, they're at least consistent, you know, yeah. you may have trouble figuring out, but once you've figured it out, they do the same thing. Yeah, the they time. make sense. And my brain sees the world, the universe is kind of uh, like systems and patterns and processes. And if I can figure out the systems and patterns, then I can then I can basically do whatever I want to do. But uh, with people, man, uh, it was really hard for me to figure out as a kid. Oh, yeah. Well, and still is. So that, that's- Oh, yeah. Yeah. I even hear from neurotypical people that uh, they can't even figure people out, too. So, yeah, yeah. So uh, I know um, and I'm peripherally connected to the community just because of having a disabled child. So, uh, oh, huh. uh, you know, I can't speak from direct experience, but my observation is that folks who deal with autism, um, that the communication thing really is more of a challenge it seems like for you that because of the challenge you dug into it and therefore you have developed those skills fairly highly Was yeah that so, that so you did I, at 16 yeah i did not really no that didn't begin at 16 um so uh, i'll tell you some things so like when i was a teenager when i was in my 20s i mean uh, part of it's doing to be autistic is like a lot of times uh People that are, so my diagnosis would be what's known as Asperger's, kind of really high functioning, um, uh, pretty high IQ there. But uh, the thing was, so being autistic, you talk with a lot of people with Asperger's, they have like no filter. You just say whatever is on your mind. And then it took me decades. I, I remember a good good friend of mine, I've been friends with him since elementary school. He always, he always went to me, he's, he's like, man, you got to learn tact. And uh, it took me forever to learn tact. Um, to be detactful when I talk and man still, uh, sometimes struggle with that, but, uh, it's, uh, just a matter of, so for me, it was a matter of getting the right help. And unfortunately I didn't pursue the right type of help until I was in my thirties. Mm-hmm. Well, tell, what was that first business? Uh, you know, you, you said you got on the computer. Yeah. Right? So it was, uh, so it was pretty cool. I did a website for my local FFA organization and they did like, kind of like a toy tractor show. And there was this one vendor there that, um, sold racing collectibles. His name was Mike. And, uh, so what happened was he came up to me as I was doing a website demo. He's like, could you make one of those for me? And I'm like, sure. Why not? Uh, and, uh, so I made one for him. I taught him how to update it. And then man, he started making more money selling those collectibles than he did his whole life. And then eventually he was able to quit his job and he lived his dream. He bought a big trailer. He packed it with all his racing collectibles from his store and, and he retired and he lived his dream of going around to races all around the country 
and selling his collectibles. So he could see all all the races, car races all around the country, NASCAR and all that. Okay, cool. So you you enabled somebody else to pursue their dream. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and that was cool. Then he introduced me to his boss, who's been a good friend and mentor to me. Um, and then that was my second client and uh, a brilliant, brilliant man named Dave Miller. Uh, he had a furniture company, Grand Rapids, one small office and then maybe a shop of six people. And now um, he's retired. His son runs it. But they have a huge business, like 500 employees. And, uh, oh, man, the company is so big now. And his son's brilliant, brilliant, good man. Um, oh, impressive story. I just heard from him. And uh, I, I think it needs to be said is when it's called Grand Rapids Chair. And when COVID hit, so what most companies did, laid the employees off, canceled all their health insurance. And his son was like, Dad, I don't know what I'm going to do. Our employees can't afford their health insurance. And, and I don't know if we can afford to pay it because we're not doing any business. We don't have any revenue. And, uh, and so, so his son went before the board of directors and said, you know what? I don't care what you guys think. We're going to pay for our employees' health insurance uh, even if we lose money. And so he did that, and uh, his employees are completely loyal. They basically have zero turnover, and uh, he took care of him as employees more than worrying about making profits during uh, the COVID. And so the, the CEO of the insurance company in Michigan came to him and said, I tip my hat to you, sir, and uh, you're the only business customer of ours that has done this. Hmm. Okay. Okay. It's, it's, it's just striking me as we talk about this, David, that what some might see as a disability, I think it has sensitized you to those human connections and their yeah. importance because that's, that's what drives you now. Uh, before, yeah. we, before we talk about the, what you're doing now, let's get that transition in there. Okay. What happened that you didn't just keep making websites? Yeah. So, so yeah, I'd gone back to college, dropped out, got a full-time job uh, to be, be a software developer, building intranet apps for the steel company. Uh, wonderful place to work, like that a lot. Um, then 9-11 uh, happened, got laid off because a new type of virus came out. Um, so it wiped out the whole company. Uh, they couldn't afford my services yet. So I was on unemployment and then um, had a bad relapse of depression. Um, also got into a car accident and uh, had to go on disability because uh, I had so much. So I've always had migraine headaches, but it became chronic, chronic migraines, like more than 15 days of the month. So every other day you're in horrible pain. Um, and then after the car accident, I was in pain like every day and typing at the keyboard made it worse. I'd been back to work several times, but always it exacerbated it. And I was in horrible pain every day after getting back to work. Um, but so I had everything taken away from me and then I kind of just wallowed for a long, long time, kind of isolated myself because I was so ashamed, but I got better for a while, then had another relapse of depression after some, um, members of the family passed. And, uh, so I, I finally found a therapist, like I'd never leaned into therapy before my whole life didn't really I uh, think it was that helpful or anything. I saw a therapist once a month, kind of managed my depression to keep it away. But um, so I found a new one, a brilliant woman, uh, Dr. Judith Kuyper. And uh, 
she introduced me to something called acceptance and commitment therapy. And so it was a new thing to me. Part of it is you identify your values, what's most important to you in life. And I remember that depression was so bad, I could not fill out that worksheet. So uh, so she's like, well, we'll move on to the next step. Let's set small goals into something that you've always wanted to do. And I've always had a trouble driving. So first thing I did was uh, um, I, I went to this comic convention uh, that's two hours away. And so that was the first goal to do. And then she's like, well, let's, tr- let's try something else. What, what you used to like to do. And then so I, I used to like board games. And then I remembered there was a site called Meetup. And so I figured, uh, and I looked on there and I'm like, heck, there's a board game group. Well, she's like, let's make that your next goal. Uh, go to that board game group. And I remembered I went there. I shook the whole time. I played one game, barely said a word and left. And I was so nervous. But every time I did that, um, it got easier. And then so I began to. Let me interrupt you there. What, no what, what made you nervous? Was it the interaction or the unfamiliar? It was, it was just being around unfamiliar people. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. It was being around unfamiliar people. Yeah. I grew up being bullied a lot. So I did not like people at all, as I've said in a lot of my TV interviews. But uh, then I started to realize, you know what? I'd just been around the wrong people most of my life. That was the thing because. You can't you can't put all people in the same basket. Oh yeah, yeah. How yeah, old you can't were you put all people point? in the same basket? Yeah. And so, uh, how, how, years, old were, how old were you at that point? Oh, at that point, let's see. That was a good uh, eleven years. I was in my uh, lower thirties. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and I wish I would have learned all this stuff in my twenties, man. If I could uh, get a hold of myself in my teens or twenties. And teach them what I know now, my life would have been totally different. But uh, I think that's I just, with everybody. Yeah, that's true for most yeah. of us. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I got, got inspired to start my first group. I didn't never thought I'd be able to start a meetup group until, uh, um, well, so I was in a group I really liked. It got shut down. And then I, I debated for 30 days to take it over. And I'm like, no, I can't do this. It's too hard to run a group. And uh, that got deleted. But then the last day, The day after it got deleted, um, I said, heck, I'm going to start my own group, started my first group, West Michigan Geeks. And uh, I did my first meeting, shook the whole time and uh, barely said a word to anybody. But like eight people showed up and they had a good time and they're like, when when are we going to do this next? So I'm like, oh, no, I got to do another one. But then every time I did it, it got a little bit easier. And I talked with someone later and, and they were like, you know what? you did exposure response prevention therapy without even knowing what it was and what that is. It's, it's the golden, it's the golden standard for overcoming any anxiety. Um, because basically whatever you're afraid of, the more you avoid it, that fear grows. So with exposure response prevention, you expose yourself to the thing that you fear a very slowly, a little bit at a time and it gets better. Like your anxiety, anxiety is something that will never 100% go away, but it gets better and you can live a more value, uh, life in alignment with your values. That's what acceptance and commitment therapy teaches, teaches you to identify values, set small goals and alignment with those values to reach bigger goals. And then you have a meaningful and purposeful life. And as a side effect, you gain a measure of happiness and the anxiety and the depression uh, get better as a side effect. So you so it's the kind of the secret to happiness is you don't pursue happiness. You pursue meaning and purpose, and then all that stuff comes as a side effect. 
Okay, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I guess it's it's a common human experience that oh, there's something that that makes me uncomfortable. I'm just going to avoid it, and if you yeah. avoid it, it strengthens it. Yeah. So yeah, avoid, avoidance is the exact opposite of what you need to do. So it's like, so the disease of like depression, anxiety, it literally makes changes in the brain, which change your thoughts. So it, it's kind of interesting. So are we completely in control of our thoughts and feelings or not? Uh, so it act teaches that thoughts and feelings are kind of random or in response to stimulus and that we're not in control of our thoughts and feelings, but we're in control of our choices. So you can, you can um, learn techniques to like deal with the fear. So you deal with your fear and you go about and do what you need to do anyways. And uh, the thing is, so it's natural, natural to produce avoidance, but the more you practice avoidance, the bigger the fear gets. Okay. W would you say that uh, part of your secret is to get comfortable with being uncomfortable? Yeah, that's the exact thing. Get comfortable to be uncomfortable. So the thing is, it's, be in pain, have depression, have anxiety, have fear, but go do it anyways. And it takes, it's not, a, not something you're going to learn in a week or a month. Um, it may, may take you several years, but it's the most powerful skill you can develop because most people spend their whole years in avoidance and fear. And uh, then they get reached the end of their life and they're like, oh, if I didn't have these fears, but uh, I, I just think of what I could accomplish. Hmm. And along with that, uh, I hear you saying, take baby steps consistently yeah. in the direction. Small, small cons consistency is the key. Small steps and consistent steps. And, hmm. and don't give up. Be persistent. But then there's such thing as beating a dead horse, where if you do the same thing over and over, expect different results. That's kind of called insanity, is you want to change, um, change what you're doing as you evaluate the results of what you're doing. Okay. Okay. That makes a lot of practical sense as, as you evidence here. Yeah. Uh, now there was a complication that was thrown in there. All of us experienced it, of course, but you were doing the face-to-face -face meetings. You had gotten comfortable with discomfort, with being yeah. around people. Um, meetup, of course, is organized around getting people together in actual physical rooms. And then the pandemic hit. Yeah. So what yeah. happened around that? So I'll, I'll tell you, and I got a couple people I, I, I want to thank. So, um, so first two weeks of the pandemic, I shook for two weeks. My anxiety went crazy and uh, I was kind of paralyzed. And then one of my uh, uh, good friend and organizer named Duncan, um, he said, well, we have a Discord server that we're using. Let's start meeting online Discord server. And I'm like, that's a good idea. It broke me out of my paralysis. And then when it got better, we started meeting at parks. And um, some people couldn't figure out how to use Discord. But, but we met every Friday night like we used to. We'd meet at a local cafe, Cafe Boba. And so that, uh, oh, sorry, I lost my train of thought. I do that now since I had a medical procedure. But no um, so we we met every Friday at Cafe Boba and we switched to Discord and then we met at parks. So what happened, November, Michigan gets real cold. Winter really starts in um, November in Michigan. It goes from November until May pretty much. We have like six months of winter in Michigan. Six months of winter and six months of summer, spring. But so I thought, 
I'm going to have a bad time during this, during COVID. So we need to pivot. And uh, I thought, well, I'll buy a Zoom account. I'll start another group and uh, we'll do Zoom meetings because that'll help people see each other face to face. It's uh, like different from text chat. It's different from voice chat. Seeing people face to face really helps people. And um, it really cuts down in the loneliness feeling that people feel. So I started doing these meetings. People started coming from all over the world. The meetings would be kind of small, anywhere from a dozen to 20 people. Um, and just the stories I heard of how uh, isolated people were, people with no history of mental illness were, were, having, were feeling like severe depression, things like that. And a lot of people emailed me and said, thank God for your meetings. I didn't know what I was going to do being locked alone in uh, uh, my apartments, like in these big cities like New York City, uh, Sydney, Tokyo, uh, Chicago, cities all around the world. And uh, then I noticed a pattern in meetup systems. So I started opening up more groups and more cities and that got more people to come. And uh, from there, uh, like we'd get 100 people in and out during a night or more. Uh, during the worst of COVID. And then COVID got better and I was going to shut them down. But then people were like, no, these meetings are really helpful for us. Um, so what I would do once a week also, I would do a free lecture um, or a free uh, seminar, kind of how I overcame my social anxiety and shyness. And I would teach that to other people. And it was interesting. Um, so everybody that implemented what I said, they got their lives improved so much they didn't need to come to the uh, Zoom meetings anymore after COVID got better. And uh, But the thing was, I wasn't making any money off of it or anything. Um, and so I paid the, all the expenses myself. So I got to figure out what to do to uh, generate some revenue. We may, uh, I'm working on a private community where I can kind of coach people and teach people to overcome their social anxiety and shyness and make all the friends that they want to make and uh, be able to accomplish things that they never thought were possible. Um, mm -hmm. So that's kind of the next step, but we're still having all the free meetings. Now we do meetings for many time zones, at least two time zones a day, sometimes four a day. And uh, I got a brilliant host from Amsterdam. Uh, we've got over 30 people that help out uh, like my friend, Rich from Jersey, uh, Sharia who's from India, but lives in Jersey. Um, a lot of other people that help out. And in Grand Rapids, I have like several groups. Uh, real great woman, uh, Heather and uh, Stephanie that helps out with one. Uh, real great uh, person, Michelle, that helps out. Uh, does board game nights on Tuesdays for my group. Um, Ann Arbor, we got, we got a group that meets in person. Our New York City group meets a uh, couple times a year, uh, hopefully more soon. Very good. So for folks who are... On audio only, because I don't th know if I told you or not, David, we'll, we'll have a yeah. lot of listeners on audio podcast. Uh, they're not seeing what's on the screen right now. We've got David's website, internationalfriendconnection.com, and that's where you can find out a lot more information about what he's doing. Uh, and uh, again, for the audio only folks, that link is internationalfriendconnection.com. Dot com. As David said, it, it's a long URL name, but it's easy to say, and therefore it's easy yeah. to remember. Easy to say, a lot to type, though. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and we'll have links in the show notes, folks. So be sure that you go to confidencecultivators.com uh, to get show notes, because we've got several 
things that we want to share with you to show you how to connect with David. Um, you know, it's it, the, the ongoing community. You're still doing face-to-face meetups, I think, right? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, several times a week. Um, Brand Rapids in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Okay, okay. And, and there's chapters, so to speak, that have sprung yeah. up. And then you've got the Zoom meetings uh, still going on. Yeah, uh, several times a day. Some QR codes here on the screen. And again, for folks who are audio only, you'll be able to get these links from the show notes. But one of the best ways to connect with David is on LinkedIn. So he's active on LinkedIn. And again, those of you who are seeing the screen, you are seeing some medallions around David's neck. And uh, he's holding up some certificates. Uh, Tell us what that's about, David. So I just received the... uh uh, gold and silver medal from President Biden for uh, all the hours I've volunteered during uh, the pandemic. Um, let's see, it was like 384 hours in 21 and 22. It was like 820 hours or something like that. And so I uh, submitted uh, information about my organization to the uh, federal government and points of light organization. And they said, uh, you qualify. So uh so you can get these awards and uh, actually pretty cool. I'm going to be able to award some to some of my organizers this year also for all the work that they've done. Excellent. Excellent. Folks, I, I got to tell you that uh, when David received these awards, one of the things that he asked me about, is says, this feels like bragging. No, it's yeah. not bragging, man. It's, it's, it's making use of this award that you have received in order to get the message out there to help so many more people. And you're continuing to help more people. Uh, Want to be sure that we show the QR code for the International Friend Connection, just to make that easy for folks who can see it on screen. Again, audio only, folks. We will have that for you. And if you are on Meetup, then there is a link right there on Meetup itself for the International Friend Connection. So I've got a QR code up on the screen right now for that. Again, we'll put that link in the show notes later on. So we've had uh, folks all along with us here uh, following what we're we're talking about. Uh, Kathy Tejanel is saying you're helping so many people. David, thank you for sharing your story. You are so inspiring. And Peg Duchesne had commented earlier, uh, glad to be here. Uh, Bob Berg, one of our mentors, uh, following along. And so, uh, David, you're just making such an impact on people Uh, You've already said the next thing is to continue expanding internationalfriendconnection.com. Tell us a little more about what you're anticipating on that private. um, So on the private community, I'm going to have a lot of people that will work with me to teach people how to overcome like issues that are going on in their life. I have a real famous uh, neuropsychologist uh, that's going to help. I have a relationship coach. Um, I have business people that can speak things like that. And so it's going to be a real powerful, um, I'm hoping to p- help people make some real powerful transformations. But instead of instead of talking about what I'm what I'm uh, eventually going for, I want to give away one big secret to people. Yes, please. So all I, I realized, so when I, when I was growing up, I thought you were either good with people, people liked you, or they didn't. But I realized oh, the, the secret is it's all something that can be learned. And uh, I, I would say the the number one book to start out with, if you don't understand people, is the Go Giver Influencer. 
I think that was the, because essentially it said, if you care about people, you have their best interests at heart. Um, and uh, aside with that, if you learn social skills uh, and a lot of practice, if you're not naturally good at it, you have to practice a lot. But these are all skills that can be learned. And like overcoming fear is a skill that can be learned. You don't have to be crippled by fear. Like I have a horrible needle phobia. And uh, tomorrow I'm going to get 12 shots in my head. And that gives me uh, relief of uh, the migraines and pain for a good week. I can get it done every couple weeks. But 10 years ago, had a horrible needle phobia. I would have not been able to do that. But it's all little steps. Well, uh, the baby steps, the consistent yeah. steps, as you've emphasized. And of course, one of the things I do is the confidence cultivator is uh, yeah. to help people take. There's fears and then there's fears. You know, yeah. or a lot of what people label as fear is just energy. It's energy that you yeah. can harness. So you have harnessed your fears in order to help other people. And that, that is just so impressive. And so, I've, not, um, I've not completely gotten over all my fears. Now I'm working to overcome my own negative thinking and things like that. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, so that's kind of the next step. Well, and uh, for whatever use it might be to listeners or, or whoever, uh, one of the things that I will tell people that deal with stage fright, which is a specific kind of fear, uh, if you ever get to the point that you can stand up in front of a group of people and not feel that, then it just means you've stopped caring. Ah, that's a good point. Okay. It means you, know, you, you feel it because you care about your audience, you care about your topic, you care about yourself. So that's the energy thing. You, you are yeah. doing a great job of harnessing that and helping other people to do so. So thank you for that. Yeah. And now, one last come, thing. Oh, real quick, one last thing. Yeah. So if you're suffering in life, if you're struggling, uh, do not give up hope because I'd given up hope for many years, but all kind of new medical treatments came out and now I'm doing really well. Um, and there are so many technologies and techniques out there and training that you can get. That'll help, that can help you overcome whatever you need to overcome in life. It's just knowing what resources that you need to reach out for. So don't, don't ever give up hope. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is a, a great message. Now you may have just answered my last question that I usually ask. I'm always a generalist talking to a specialist. There is something that I didn't know enough to ask that you may wish that I had asked. Is there something that I should have asked and didn't ask? And if so, what is it? And what would your answer be? Well, that was pretty much it. Um, And the answer was, it was don't give up hope because uh, things change. New technologies, new, new types of training and techniques come out. And there is so much stuff out there that can help you overcome whatever you're struggling with is like. The, The problem is, is most people don't know what they don't know. And uh, it's like, you may think that there's nothing out there to help you, but there is so much out there. It's just, you don't know what there is out there and it's real hard to find, um, real hard to find like the different things you need. And that's kind of what I special in, specialize in is I take complicated things and I can explain it in simpler terms to people. Very good. Well, okay, folks, international friend connection. And by the way, I keep emphasizing the word because at first, I typed in International Friends Connection, and that's not it. There's not an S in there. InternationalFriendConnection.com. Uh, you're going to want to get in touch with David. David, don't go away. 
Uh, we'll be in the green room for just a second as we wrap up here, but I want to be sure and thank you for being here. Folks, oh, yeah, thank you very much. Folks, it's been so great having David on, and these are the kind of conversations that we have every week here at um, the Alignment Show. Uh, I am putting once again down there in the ticker, donaldking.com, D-O-N-N-E-L-L-K-I-N-G.com slash 3-Y-O, the number 3 and lowercase y-O, if you would like to get more information about the upcoming business fable, the way, what, what I'm, I'm going to blank on it myself here, the way of the three-year-old why. That's our sponsor for this week. Uh, in any case, we are looking forward to having more conversations like this in the future. You'll want to be sure and follow along with us. We're very glad. I've just got to mention Bob Berg on with us. Bob, it's so great to see you on here. David in the green room is giving a thumbs up. We really appreciate all the support from the Go-Giver community. And we hope that uh, these conversations on the Alignment Show do, in fact, help people to figure out how to go about living your values and valuing your life. And so for this week, we will say goodbye and we will see you next week. That's it for this week's episode of The Alignment Show. What has it inspired you to do in your own life? Whatever it is, take action now and take the first step. It will help you to talk with a friend about what you're thinking. Share confidencecultivators.com to spread the goodness and remember to live your values and value your life. We will see you next week on The Alignment Show.